welcome to this episode of the Comedy Defects Podcast. My name is Winter, I'm a comedian, and this is my show. Those are new to the show, welcome. Those are old to the show, thanks for coming back, guys. This is going to be a very short intro, because it's quite a long episode. One of my favourites, though, I spent an hour and a half talking to this comedian. He's a professional comedian, he does a lot for charity, and he is a very funny guy, and I, I just loved talking to him. We just really connected, and we started talking about loads of different things as well. So I cut it down from an hour and a half to an hour and just over 13 minutes. So I hope you enjoy it, right? And I hope you're having a good Christmas, and you're relaxing with your family. But if you don't like your family, I hope you're relaxing on your own. And remember, New Year's is just around the corner, so you're easing off on all the craziness, the indulgence. So just kind of reel it in a bit. And, uh, you know, if you don't do any of those crazy things you're playing a nice video game or reading a book and just enjoying the winter evenings and just kind of relaxing so all i'm going to say is this is an excellent episode 105 with a very funny comedian a really lovely fella he's done a lot for charity but we'll get into that as well it is episode 105 with damien kingsley enjoy Damien Kingsley, thank you for coming on The Comedy Defect. I really appreciate your time, man. And how have you been? Good. Well, thank you for having me, first of all. Similar to most people, I, I guess, during lockdown, just getting through it. Everything's changed, really, hasn't it? Yeah. So um, life without live comedy has been uh, has been pretty depressing. Yeah. And I've been trying to find ways of, uh, of not letting that affect me too much. How have, you, how have you dealt with it? I'm just doing podcasts every day. <laughs> every day I'm recording a podcast. Every day. I'm there nearly like every free every free day I've got I'm recording a podcast is what I'm doing. It's kind of like this this podcast has become sort of like a uh, Samaritans charity um thing that I just kind of check in with comedians and seeing how everyone else is doing and <laughs> if I can pick up any tips to how I can get through it better, you know what I mean? Have you signed up to TikTok yet? No, no, that's one of the things that's, that's on my list mm-hmm. of stuff to work out cuz um I'm generally a little bit, you know, I have been a bit kind of dismissive of online video stuff yeah. and all of that. I've got no idea why, because because I, I find videos, you know, comedy videos really funny. And, mm. yeah, it's, it's a real talent. And, you know, to TikTok, of course, to be immediately amusing or interesting in, what is it, six seconds for TikTok? I'm not sure. I, I think it, I, I think they can be longer. I think maybe, I don't know, about a minute. I get, do you, know, have you, have you, do you actually have the app on your phone, though? No, no. Oh my god! Like you're, you're kind of lucky because you know it's, it's sort of like a, uh, it's a bit of a wormhole when you just watch it. You're like, Jesus, that's forty five minutes gone because you're just scrolling and scrolling, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, this is terrifying. You know what I mean? It's like you just feel your life just drifting away without any control of, uh, you know, of, of whatever you're trying to do in your life. You're like, there's my goals. That's gone. That's all gone today. It's fuck, <laughs> It's crazy. Like you know, um, it's it is in fairness, it is a nice way to pass a bit of time if you just have nothing to do that you can't do anything. A guilty yeah. pleasure at the moment, you know, because you literally can't do anything. So I could spend all day in it, but then I'm like, okay, no, I've got a list. Um, uh, the only way I got like got through this um, this this fu- the third lockdown was because I was just like, man, uh, this one really knocked the, the wind out of my sails because I was like, look, I, I had set up a couple of gigs in in Hemel, and you've yeah. got one as well, don't you? You've got the comedy on the canal, right? The guy there, Matt. Do you know Matthew? No, I don't. He he's he's an interesting chap. I mm. met him on the. Um, do you remember I did that penniless tour? For yes, I was, I was going to mention that. Yeah, that, that's it, man. So, yeah, that, that, that's when I met you and you were like doing those gigs and we did a few gigs to those. Yeah, couple of those together. You, you did some, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. I, I met him down there. I'll have to introduce you because he's, he's a lovely bloke. He's good to know, but he's basically, it, it was really weird doing that tour because I met so many, um, you know, pub landlords 
in various different circumstances. And some people were, you know, really struggling to make a successful business out of yeah. a pub because it can be hard. It's not as easy as most. I think a lot of people come into it thinking they're just going to, uh, you know, do a bit of work on the side of their drinking hobby. Yeah. And, you know, Matthew was very different. He's, I expect he's a millionaire because he's got about seven beautiful pubs, like the one down right. in Winkwell on the canal. And nice. he just he just knows how to make it work. And he set up, he's a, he's a massive comedy fan. You know, he's mm. been, I don't know if you know, but in, in Winkwell, everyone's been to Winkwell. Like um, when Duncan Oakley used to run it, used to MC it. And um, he's a good friend of Matthew's family, you know, he said, you know, they've had Sarah Pascoe, uh, Sarah Millican, you know, Robin Ince, everyone down there mm. kind of, you know, he, he loves his comedy. So what he did is he, when he bought a new pub, which was basically an old shithole in um, a little Chalfont, but he bought like a, a shitty old like pub by the station that was mm. run down. That was a bit of a kind of virtually a, a Weatherspoon's yeah, I, worse. I know what that is. I think I know what that one is. Little, it's like it's really out in the sticks, isn't it? There's a little valley just before yeah. it. It's on. It's on a corner. Yeah, that's the it, one, right? Well, kind of. It's, it's called the Metropolitan. I think it's always been called the Metropolitan. Yeah, yeah. And he he's just gutted the place. I mean, he must have spent a fortune and mm. um, poor thing because he's not long before lockdown completely refurbished the place and there was a yeah. huge basement so matthew knowing his comedy yeah. as he does he said uh well we've got space for the cellar plus loads more space yeah so it's got low ceilings um, a capacity of about 70 oh. let's make a comedy club and he basically he based it on, he based it on the king's head yeah great so he, he likes to keep well which is a good a good example of, of yeah. how to do a comedy club and yeah he, he just went for it it's perfect it's um it's not only comedy but he primarily built it for comedy so it's all laid out for that so he got me to book that one and i was booking uh winkwell as well but he didn't really carry on doing comedy in winkwell interestingly the last couple of gigs we got didn't sell out there's only 50 he almost always sells out <laughs> he his theory is that his audience don't really go for female headliners okay um right so who uh, who was closing if you don't want me asking zoe lyons it's brilliant like, yes, like she's, she's absolutely she, superb oh, yeah God, like, i mean not that any female headliner isn't but she is excellent as well she's like you know built she's like did she win she won so you think you're funny and everything and she's been like you know like just a a darling of the circuit really isn't she she's unbelievable mm. i have so much respect for her i've always admired her and i've always felt that she's just been hilarious but yeah brilliant there was one time i i gigged with her she was closing it was in bromley comedy club and um have you ever done bromley I have, comedy club i have yeah with um what's his name mike fox right yes it? that's right yeah oh, the, 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 the theater room did little you, back theater room did you like it uh it did a, it's a difficult gig isn't it <laughs> <laughs> i found it i found it was that's harder it. than it had to be if it was hard for some reason it was a harder gig than it had to be i don't know why i don't know why that was no I, it wasn't in I, I couldn't say that i really loved my time there um it's, it's one of those gigs where I, I think it's almost got the attitude of what i imagine the the tunnel had back in the day uh, where everyone's they just got this this hard southeast london yeah geezer sort of approach and they really just stare at you d and just go fucking make me laugh d d i know i don't understand that it's like why is it with <laughs> why come to a gig i mean that's fine at edinburgh you've seen like seven shows you're just like jaded but when it's like you've paid just to see this one thing just yeah. one thing just to hate this one thing it's like you've paid literally money for this you know to just to be miserable i don't understand that you know yeah, yeah. Mm. they're making it harder to for you to provide the thing they've paid for yeah it's... running away from an amazon driver I... or, uh... <laughs> that's, <laughs> it, that's it 
So I, I did a gig there, Christmas gig. So just to, to make oh, it nice. even worse, you can imagine this is a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. And as I was sitting there waiting for the gig to start, nervous anyway, because mm-hmm. it was always hard, yeah. a group of 20 fucking hammered builders just, yeah. just they, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say they walked in. They couldn't really walk. They yeah. were they sort of fell in through the door, oh. all all over each other, getting each other in headlocks and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I think a few of them were quite coked up as well. Oh. And they just sat at the back and in and on this massive round table and fucking talked all the way through. Do you remember Sean James used to MC it quite a big Sean James? Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He he was MCing. He was obviously worried and couldn't get control of them. Oh. One of them said something and he just he he did a mum this mm. he just did a little mum joke about one of them like oh yeah your mum or whatever uh-huh. i can't remember the exact words <laughs> i think i think he was struggling yeah. and and this builder just picked up a chair and fucking what? ran through the club right over his head Whoa. he just um and, and just before he got to sean though all of his other mates piled on and they had a ma- massive scrap yeah you know everyone sort of got out of the way as they were fighting and they managed to chuck themselves out i think some of them were more more sensible than the others yeah. and they just they were threatened with uh, the police and stuff and they just went you, you can imagine that there's just a destroyed gig any any well there was no, no atmosphere except tension anyway but uh we had a break out of necessity <laughs> just to clear things up <laughs> wipe up some blood yeah and, stuff. Nice. and then i was on and short Sh- Sh- sean had obviously lost all hope and confidence by yeah. that point so he just sort of went like did a very like luster rim seeing in the middle section yeah. just brought me on i just died on my oh, ass just fuck, just just and then because i i didn't really know how it was quite it was about 10 years ago i didn't mm. really know what to do yeah and then i and then there was a little break and then zoe came on oh. and she just fucking she turned it around she smashed it Great. she addressed it she 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 just relieved the tension in the Great. room did, did everything that you know you really should know how to do as a, as a comedian yeah um you know and that was a long time ago it was 10 years ago for her and she was that good then wow. since then she's just got better and better so that's very disappointed in the people of Winkwell for not buying her tickets. Yeah, that's it, man. It's a shame. This guy, Matt, he started this gig up in the Metropolitan and like gutted it just before the lockdown. Yeah. It's all ready to go. Oh, man, that would talk about a, a, just oh, a fucking... Oh, mate, just a, a, a fucking bucket of shit just before, you know, you're about to get your teeth into yeah. something. Oh, that's tough. But... um. Yeah, yeah, so, so, so got all of his old pubs to keep afloat, plus the whatever yeah. he invested, which must have been in, in the hundreds of thousands. Jesus. And then no income all of a sudden. It sounds like he's like the the John Taffer of the yeah. of the pub world in the in in the <laughs> the Chalfonts and the uh, in Hertfordshire. Man, that's amazing. <laughs> that, you know, I mean, I've been watching this like I've been watching John Taffer. Like, I love it. I love Bar Rescue, man. It's great. I love it. It's yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Just hooked into it, mate. It's just oh, it's brilliant. Anyway, so like uh, that's that's unfortunate, man. Same with the lock. Like the, I had the fisheries one um, in uh, Hemel, and I just started at one in uh, Abbots Langley as well, and oh, it nice. was just a really nice little theatre room like a community uh, theatre hall and it was perfect one of those like seats that you kind of move out you know that and we had like uh, Stephen Carlin on closing the first one and they were like yeah great let's do it again Lovely. I was like yeah here we go so book load of acts and then lockdown one happened and then it's like shit okay then lockdown one eased and I was like great let's book some more acts and then lockdown two fucking happened I was like oh right lockdown three I was like oh for fuck's sake this yeah. is getting ridiculous <laughs> now so I, I'm not one of these self-help people like but I, I have started to read I had this book you know you got a, I, I won't say like it's just like a footstool of books basically in the corner of the room which is uh one of them was um getting things done and i was like i will not fuck i don't need to read that book i get shit done all the time i don't need to read yeah. that and then i was like right 
and then finally lockdown three and I was like okay I, I think I need some motivation I'm going to try and read this book because it will be a step towards the other shit <laughs> you know what I mean was it just one page and it said uh, get TikTok off of your phone no, <laughs> maybe it could have been yeah <laughs> I mean like, in fairness I wasn't hitting TikTok then I mean it was afterwards it was uh, like you know I, I felt TikTok was a celebration oh so it uh, recommended TikTok <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what, after you've done everything that's what it was weirdly it was sponsored by TikTok it was like you know um, yeah it's good but I, I bought it because there was an advert on TikTok it was just I don't think there's anything to do with subliminal messages or anything like that or mm. uh, extra sales uh, what's your day job my day job oh god the, I only I only do it for the ladies Oh yeah, right. It's, uh, it's um, space, space management, uh, so I do uh, data input and uh, AutoCAD uh, drawings oh, for okay. uh, office space management. So yeah, you can you can see that the ladies would like. That. In fairness, you designing cubicles. I mean, it's not what's the word like interior design, but it's just, it's it could you, you can do that. Can't you? It, it is basic interior design, though, isn't it? It's actually not. It's not the the design. Well, it kind of. Typically, what, what we get is drawings that have already been created by architects, but we're putting them into a system that people use to to manage their space. So companies get to a certain point and they realize that they can't do it on spreadsheets or anything like that anymore. And they want to sort of know how much space they've got and who sits where. Yeah. You know, if they're going to move people around, where are they going from and to, all that sort of thing. So it's that kind of thing. Do a lot of work for the NHS. Oh, yeah. Because um, they, they have to report on their sort of patient and non-patient space for mm. sort of internal compliance reasons. Right. And also, increasingly, we've done a load of social distancing kind of, of course. tools so people can actually make sure that they're sitting people, you know, in the right spaces and they're not, not putting people too close together. Yeah. The circulation space where people are walking around in this traffic is managed hmm. so you not everyone's walking around the same routes maybe they have a one-way system all yeah. that sort of thing so it's a, it's a lot of that kind of taking that data and making that work for them in a system cool. so yeah it's all right i i don't mind as a day job it's it's okay that's it's not, all right it's not I, I didn't grow up thinking that uh, <laughs> it wasn't a dream a great thing to do <laughs> wasn't like oh yeah this is what i thought i want to i want to <laughs> sit in front of a computer all day uh and like just kind of um design basically cubicles and stuff like that right but you know yeah. I mean in fairness right, do you know what I, really, what I need is someone to design a place the, the fridge is miles away from where I am so then I don't have to fucking eat everything in the house do you know what I mean it's like it's at the moment maybe just need a lock on it I need a time lock that's what I need That's I've just invented something there we go that is that, that is a good Dragon's Den pitch that. Mm, time lock on the fridge but then you get you know, people would just be chiseling the fucker off wouldn't they just but look, I'm, I'm, you know you know what people are like but that's fine you know it's, I'm just I'm, I, I've changed my mind I have the right to choose isn't it but uh, <laughs> But yeah, so uh, you do that in the day job, but like, that's, that's, well, at least you got, have you ever managed to make any, um, any comedy out of it? Or is it just like, I can't really talk about it on stage? The, the funniest I've been wasn't in this job, but this job I just take seriously and I get through it mm. and, mm. you know, it, it pays the bills. Mm. I don't hate it, you know, like right. I, I work with nice people, that sort of thing. Mm. The, the funniest I've ever been was in a job, an office job previously. I worked as a, an admin manager oh, um, right. <laughs> for an, an accountancy <laughs> body. So again, pretty glamorous yeah. pretty high octane stuff mm. that was in central london and mm. I, I kind of took it seriously for a couple of years and then and then i realized that no matter how hard i worked i was never going to get paid anymore oh. uh, so i just stopped trying and mm. I, I just became an expert in skiving i Great. would just do i would do anything just to take the piss yeah. like it, it, if, if i put any effort into anything it would just be to annoy people a little bit just to wind people up and yeah, I, I just spent about probably five years doing 
virtually no work. Just pranking like people. I'm, What's your major yeah, yeah. major prank you did? Then well, come on, hit me with the the, the best one. Well, I wouldn't say pranks. I was just like an irritating presence in in right. the in, in the office. They had a little um, technical library because it was an accountancy body, and and I was working with the the technical team, and they had like lots of documents and stuff, and it wasn't used that much. So I just took it over as my dressing room. Nice. So I I, I used to have my shirts because I because I was like single and lazy. I used to have my my shirts like dry cleaned. Yeah. So I would just hang all of my shirts up in there. Um, so it was just full of, of, of hangers yeah. and my gym bag and everything. Great. And, and and I just uh, used to go, I used to get in about 10.30 every morning, which is the, the latest we could get. We had flexi time, so I used nice. to get in at 10.30. And then I used to spend about half an hour in my in my dressing room <laughs> getting, uh, getting ready for work. I'd sit down about 11. And then I, I'd probably spend a good hour. But like sometimes I'd, you know, just just have a little look on Facebook, uh, you know, for an hour or so till lunch. Yeah. Uh, other times I'd book out a meeting room, and uh, <laughs> and just go into the meeting room and either take a magazine in there, or um, obviously a big pile of papers to yeah. make it look as if I was doing something. And and obviously they all have phones in the meeting room, so I just call my mom. Um, or my mate or whoever for a couple of hours oh it was just the yeah then i go to the gym then i come back gotta have lunch that's brilliant brilliant then i then i'd stay stay late like an absolute hero yeah so uh, i'd be like you know (laughs) everyone would leave at six and i'd be like nah sorry i still got stuff to do i I wish i could wish i could go at the same time as you but no i'm gonna uh, got stuff to do here and i I just look at my stand-up notes and uh, get ready for the gigs great someone's got to do it and it's like yeah no it's not easy it's not easy working this hard you know that's it (laughs) i'll work and no play mate that's it tough times tough times but i say (laughs) (laughs) we're going backwards to your your tours for for tour for shelter right yeah you raised twenty one thousand for shelter didn't you yeah yeah that's good man that's amazing i mean I'm irritated with um, Captain Tom now because I, I think he's probably pissed all over that. Oh, oh um, yeah, yeah, but like, yeah, but yeah, but he's old as well, isn't it? And he has got like, yeah. you know, he was in the army as well, and yeah. you know, and like he killed the best baddies, you know, the Germans, you know, didn't he? He killed the best, like, you know, kind of enemies. Still don't like had. him. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah, that's it. He just walked. Through, he, he used to walk around the every garden. lap he did. I was like, you prick. <laughs> I know, mate, but that's that's like life, isn't it? You can't pick to be the hero. Everyone picks the hero they want, isn't it? It's like you can't say that you don't <laughs> like that person anymore because everyone's already said that they like them. You know what well, you've said it, so yeah. it's fine. But it's like you know, I mean, <laughs> being comedians, you're you're allowed to say it to some degree. It's, it's probably only joking, but really deep down, it's a lot of truth to it. Uh, but it's yeah, like, you know, <laughs> I do do mean it. Yeah, that's it. It's like it is kind of like you know, loads of people have done way bigger feats of humanitarian efforts and like you know, help way more people. But you know when someone just that one person does that one thing is like oh yeah of course that's it just it's a it's just it's just a, oh it was a love an amazing thing to do it's yeah. just the right time the right person just yeah. a wonderful thing yeah. what, what a great way to end end his life it's just just superb really okay but also didn't he uh didn't he go to barbados um his one of his final wishes was to go to barbados wasn't it he flew out there um oh did he in lockdown i didn't, didn't hear about yeah he, oh, apparently wow. he, he flew out there in lockdown and then he he actually died of covid didn't he COVID got him, didn't it? So like, but he went out of his way to go to Barbados to get it. So it's like, you know what, right? 
I respect you for like doing the bit for the NHS. That's great. But like you went and put yourself in harm's way. Do you know what I mean? You were never going to beat COVID at that age. Do you know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. you know it's like, I know you've got medals. Don't count. COVID doesn't look at medals, mate. <laughs> you know, so it's like, oh, I feel sorry for him, man. But like, you know, he just, he, he shouldn't have gone out there. He shouldn't have, like, just stay at home. I know. Do another yeah. hundred laps and learn another, yeah. another, another 32, 32 million, wasn't it? For the NHS, 32 million. Yeah. Do you, do, you, do, you, do you think he was trying to go international? Maybe he was, look, you know, that's it. He, the, he, the ego of a man. <laughs> he just, yeah, it's like, it's like someone, someone trying to break America or whatever. He's just like, yeah. fuck this. I'm going to yeah. go and do my laps in the, uh, yeah. in Barbados. Yeah. That's it. That Barbados technically is a, uh, is an, is an American. Uh, exactly. Thing, yeah. That's it? how he was trying to break oh, America. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing the Puerto Rico thing, isn't he? You know, the, sort of like yeah. trying to like be affiliated and then just slowly move in yeah I know he's, he's trying he went he went to mainstream mate he went to mainstream with his charity he did uh, mate stay in your lane buddy stay in your lane that's what it is it's, a, it's an important mainstream. lesson <laughs> and, and, and and hack as well there was there was um yeah you wouldn't I wouldn't walk too much on the on the roads in the Barbados mate there's not they're pretty uh they're pretty rough you know especially <laughs> in that condition mate even the gardens mate all those iguanas chirping over those fuckers mate you don't want that to happen uh, um, yeah, yeah. so so mate but like 21 grand like I mean like now we've that just seems like nothing now, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, yeah, it's just like look, but you did it for homeless people and not 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 the NHS. You know what I mean? So it's like I think it's better. Yes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah, so you did like yeah, and you did Edinburgh as well. Did you did Edinburgh with the the, the end of the run for that twenty one thousand you raised? Right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, so that that contributed to that that figure as well. So wow. I I gave that money to to shelter wow. as well at the end. That's at the end. So, though. That's um, to, 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 sorry, yeah. to wrap up with Edinburgh, that is after doing all those gigs all around the country like that, that is a grueling task. Like that's nonstop mental health. Yeah, issues. I, 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 I was um, I was fucked. Um, and, I, you know, mm. don't know what the medical term is. It's probably mm. exhausted and depressed. But yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just I tell you what, the, the, the main thing as well, like <laughs> it, was, it was it was so surprising to me that I you know, how I felt afterwards, because what what happened was I had this adrenaline rush mm. that lasted for about seven months, mm. you know, because it was basically all the way from Cornwall up through the country. I didn't know how I was going to get from A to B, if I was going to have a place to stay, how mm. I'd get any food. I mean, in, in the end, I put on a huge amount of weight because mm. people were so lovely uh, <laughs> along the way, but you don't, you don't know. And there were days where I, I didn't, I didn't manage to eat very much or, or had to wait mm. a very long time and i also they were right i never never slept on the street mm. but it was getting to like the, the very last minute a couple of times where mm. someone just went oh for god's sake stay at mine then <laughs> just yeah. or, or someone you know off of facebook would just someone actually there's a guy now who um posted the other day and said he's really struggling to stop stop drinking and other things as well mm. and it was right at the time when i, I like every year i'd I, I do about three three months or so where I don't drink. Mm. Um, I just just cut it out and then you know reset, mm. learn some, learn to do things with, without you know yeah. uh, any help from alcohol. Yeah, and you know regain normality mm. and then um, and then I just fall back into terrible alcoholism. Yeah, yeah. Afterwards, but uh, <laughs> no, I don't, and it, it does help. So um, just like to do that, and um, just as I was about to, he put a post on Facebook saying he's really struggling mm. and everything like that. And I said, look, why don't you join me on this, uh, you know, ninety day Good. day thing? And and he is, but he was one of the the people who turned up at a pub, having seen it on the local community Facebook page that mm. I was desperate for somewhere to stay. And he he turned up after a gig, and just went, "Are you Damien?" 
you're, you're staying at mine, come with me. Oh, great. And um, normally that would be quite creepy, but yeah. in, <laughs> 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 under the circumstances, it was a, it was a yeah, very, very big relief to me. And um, I've stayed yeah. friends with them ever since. Yeah. But yeah, um, it was a huge adrenaline rush every day because all of that, plus you're doing gigs. And I booked a certain amount of gigs in first, so I, I knew about half the gigs were sorted. But I had to book in the rest. So from about the Oxford up through the Midlands, up mm. into the Northeast, through, uh, you know, like um, Durham, Newcastle mm. and all of that, I had to book them whilst I was on the road. Yeah. And a lot of the time, like down in Cornwall or wherever I was, like I didn't always have the internet as well. Yeah, yeah. So I meant my window for actually contacting people, getting back to them, it was very small. Then in the end, my mum, my mum did so much work. She helped out a couple of other people like um, I don't know if you know a comedian called Nick Mellers. Right, does a yeah. bit of comedy, mm -hmm. runs a few gigs. Yeah. He started working with my mum. Uh, I mean, they were physically in different places. They didn't set up an office or anything, but mm. they, um, you know, they, they would you know share Google Sheets and call landlords and, and theatres or whatever. Because uh, it wasn't just pubs. It was pubs or it was theatres. It was mm. working men's clubs. So it's really, it's, it's an, the ultimate comedy experience because every day, like it is so varied. I might have a theatre on a Monday night mm. and then a really rough, dodgy pub on yeah. a Tuesday. And then farm shop on the wednesday yeah. that has a little bit of a bar and some local client you know it might be like six people sitting around or whatever yeah. and i'd go from like gigs with six people to gigs with you know packed out of a yeah. hundred people it, it taught me a lot as a comic and it yeah. taught me to to adapt very very quickly it was it was hard yeah emotional was, was roller coaster man jeez yeah that's... but 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 that adrenaline yeah that's what mm. that was my point the adrenaline was there every day and mm. and then of course you know what edinburgh is like for yeah. adrenaline you just mm. you know you're never stopping you're running from gig to gig you're just yeah. you know trying to make your show as good as it can be mm. and and all of that and then it got to september and i came back and i uh, moved in with my girlfriend into um essex yeah. and i was just like just utterly depressed <laughs> yeah. because you know, you just get that adrenaline dump and you're yeah. like, well, I've gone from having really immediate, intense purpose yeah. every single day, a, a real reason for doing something, getting up, raising more money, raising awareness, actually making it all work. Like, um, and being so recognized for that as well. Yeah. Like, you know, everyone goes, you're doing a great job. You're motivated because you get so much great feedback. Yeah. You get in laughter every night, which has... We've all got comedians' egos, and we yeah. know we know how much we crave that, and and that just go just went, and I didn't have any gigs. Also, I didn't have any gigs booked in either. Well, like very very few because I'd just been focusing on my stuff. Yeah, like my my tour and and everything for Shelter in Edinburgh. Mm -hmm. I hadn't actually booked any club stuff in, so I had fuck all in the diary. Yeah, no mon no money. I'd, I'd basically spent like the thing that allowed me to. I basically went full time with comedy for a couple of years, and yeah. um, I, I had some money from. When I split up with my, with my ex, we we made a little bit of money, mm. and I got some redundancy money from the uh, that office job yeah. I was talking about. That yeah. finally realised I <laughs> was do, was doing absolutely nothing. In fact, less than nothing. I was annoying other people trying to do stuff. Yeah. So uh, I got a bit of redundancy money, but all that all of that had kind of gone because it took about a year to do the admin and the prep for the tour. Yeah, I just I, I got back. I had no money, no nothing to do, no gigs, no job. Yeah, and I was just just 
just uh, I don't know how my girlfriend put up with me. I was just like, fucking the bottom laying minute. around on the sofa. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I just feel like Jabba the Hutt, like pizza. Oh. I, 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 I look, I look like Jabba the Hutt as well because basically it was a, after six months of pretty much pub food yeah. every day. Uh, it's, it's funny when 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 people are giving you food, you can't really say, "Oh, actually, I I happen to be on a low carb diet." Here. So <laughs> if you can go and get some high protein snacks, that would yeah, be lovely. That's it. Yeah, you can't you can't look a gift horse there. That's it, man. Yeah. Oh no, that's it. Just like under like thing is the pressure of trying to, of being of being good at those gigs was would have been immense as well because you're like right, I'm th- I'm representing this charity and like yes. also and also I'm representing myself and and I do badly. I've got to fucking stay at their house now with like my head in my hands. Luckily, <laughs> no no one actually sit like. Um rescinded their their offer of accommodation that's good. That's good. based on how unfunny i was that was a no but that like, was a relief i say i saw it, every time i say it, it was great but you know there's that extra yeah. pressure of that kind of happening like just <laughs> kicking you in the nuts isn't it going oh well great now i've got to i've got to i've got to cope with this other person's judgment as well as my own you know so yeah that's tough so like, well, as as you know that that you know there were a few gigs that were really really tough and mm. and you know me and whoever else joined me we we died on our asses yeah and yeah, it's, it is embarrassing. I can't remember any anyone kind of who who I stayed with where it was really awkward because of that. Yeah. I don't. I don't think for some reason. I think like if it was bad, there was normally a reason behind it. Like yeah. there was there was only four people in the audience or something, yeah. and normally they they were apologetic. So it was normally a landlord, and they hmm. you know they couldn't get people to come out in their village on a Tuesday, yeah. but they did their best. So it wasn't. Yeah, there weren't any horrible experiences like. No, not really. There, there, there were a couple that were shit because they I wasn't funny. But <laughs> you know, st- statistically, yeah. over over however many gigs there were, was it about 120? You're going to get yeah. a couple like that just because you're not right. in the mood. That's it, man. Or you, yeah. Or someone's giving you yeah. some fucking potatoes. You're like, look, I'm on a low carb diet. This is just giving me <laughs> yeah. brain fog. Look, you know, so it's the potatoes' fault. That's what it is. <laughs> so how how many years did you were you going before you did the tour? So that was 2015, and I think I started doing a little bit in 2007, but then that was in Tokyo. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know if you know that. you I, I lived in Japan for a long time. No, uh, I didn't know this at all. So straight off to university, didn't know what I was going to do, mm. and I thought I might go into um, just doing a bit more research. Yeah. I did English Lit, and I thought I might want to go on and do an MA, maybe a PhD, maybe be an academic or a writer or something, cool. but I didn't have any money. I didn't want to go straight from you know a degree which I worked quite hard at mm. to straight into to more academic work. I know people don't really think of students as working hard, do they? Mm. But I hated my university on socially quite a lot of a uh, very the very different sort of group of people to you know where I'd come from. Mm. They were lovely in their own way, but I just felt like a bit of a misfit there. Mm. So uh, yeah, like my dad's a builder, can't read and write. I, I went to a state school, and I think mm. most of the people went went to public school where, where I ended up going. Right, what was your, and, deg- uh, where was your degree, sorry? Durham. Durham, right, yeah, Durham. Yeah. The Oxbridge Rejects uh, yeah, University. Oh, right, so. is that what that is? I don't know. So not not only were most of them from public school, but they oh. also, you know, had a massive chip on their shoulder yeah. about ending up in Durham. <laughs> Whereas I was delighted. I was like, bloody hell, yeah. I've got to Durham from yeah. where I, you know, from a, a school that is, you know, basically needed to be closed down. Yeah. And uh, I was really proud of myself. And they were all obviously really gutted that they mm. uh, that they end up there. And, and it was, weirdly, I chose a college because it's collegial Durham. Um, nice. it's, bro- it's broken up into like there's uh, it's about 10 different colleges and I, I chose for some reason 
St. Chad's College, and it turns out that it's very religious. All right. So, and, I, and I'm not, that's fine, but I'm not. You know, people were very different to me. They were, yeah. you know, getting up on Sundays and dressing up in Sweden and going to church, going to chapel. Whoa. And, um, you know, I was not. So yeah. I just immersed myself in, I, I thought, okay, I'm not going to really, you know, for the last few years, I spent every weekend going out. It was a rave scene. It was a 90s oh, yeah. dance scene. Right, right. And I loved all of that. And, mm. and I, I think I'd had my time. I was like, okay, so I can knuckle down and just enjoy the academic side of things and yeah. really get the most out of this opportunity that I've been given because I didn't take it for granted. When, when you come from a family that haven't been to university, yeah. maybe can't read and write or, you yeah, know, yeah. and there's this massive kind of... Um, Get the bit between respect. your teeth. Yeah, yeah you really res mm. have a huge admiration for, for that opportunity. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I took it and I just Brilliant. I just immersed myself in books for three years, just mm. just going, you know, I, I just I would study till two o'clock in the morning. I would just mm. just you know, when everyone else was drinking, I was just exhausted myself. And funnily enough, I think I overdid it. I mm. think I burnt out. Because I went, yeah, I did, I did. I was just like I got I, I finished my degree and I was like, right, I'm not reading another book for a, a while. <laughs> yeah. It was about ten years till I picked up another book. Well, I suppose I went out to Japan and, and yeah. set up um set up a life there really great and what, um, where else did you go did you go to Tokyo or where did you go yeah Tokyo yep Tokyo for I think it was nine, nine almost ten years amazing I was a teacher at first, an English teacher, so mm. teaching English as a foreign language to adults cool. it was a huge industry by the way mm. uh, not a lot of people know that but it's like uh, it was a huge, huge thing to the extent that English teaching schools for adults who, who needed to learn English mm. They would command the prime real estate in you know major parts of Tokyo. Wow. So you'd come out of the train station, and where in London, you know, yeah. it might be what, what commands a huge amount of real estate now, like a, a shop, Starbucks, maybe. It was yes, yeah, McDonald's or Starbucks mm. level kind of prime real estate would be an English school in in Tokyo because yeah. yeah, that's every basically everyone realised that for their work they had to start learning it and they were yeah. really being pushed. Wow. And I went out and I started teaching for a couple of companies, and in the end I set up my own little school. Cool. Um, sort of cherry picked all of the, the great people that I met along the <laughs> nice. way. Yeah, we we all worked together and we provided sort of bespoke curriculums to. Weirdly, I I met some people who um, connections in kind of uh, fashion and stuff mm. like that. So we provided bespoke curriculums to um, fashion and hairdressing colleges. Wow. So it was great. We used to go along and teach all of these like stylists and hairdressing students. So great. they were really sort of the, the real sort of crazy looking, yeah, yeah, oddballs of Japanese culture that, you know, probably you see on a lot of programs when they do shots of Harajuku, which is uh, oh, one brilliant. of their like. Yeah, yeah, the Harajuku girls. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I went to, yeah, yeah, you've seen it, yeah? Uh, yeah, was it my, um, my, uh, my wife's best friend is, um, is uh, Japanese. And uh, so we went over there oh, two cool. years ago. So, um, and we just went like see all the places oh, and went nice. everywhere. It was, oh, it's amazing! It was an amazing time. We had such a great time. Went Disney as well. Did you? That was brilliant. Brilliant. We had a great time. Oh, I never went to Disney. I don't know why I didn't do. Did you go to two? Isn't there the Disney Sea? Oh, oh yeah. We went to we went both of them. Went to both of the parks. Yes. Uh, but we didn't go to Universal. Oh. We wanted to go to Universal. We'll go there next time. So yeah. We'll go back again. But, Are you um, gonna go back? Yeah, for sure, man. Definitely. I had, I had a great time. I did some gigs over there as well. You did your first gig in Japan then? I did. So did you oh. do a gig with Tokyo Comedy Store? I didn't. I didn't get a chance to do that one. It sounds a lot better than it is. It's mm. not affiliated to any other comedy store. They right. just called themselves. It's basically like a. It's almost like an open mic. Mm. They've got a very long-standing improv group there that do oh. the second half. So its first half is stand-up. So well, I don't know. That's what it used to be anyway. Mm. Uh, second half is improv. They're they're all very good. It's just one of the only gigs 
for um, Stand Up Out There yeah. in Takadana Baba. Takadana Baba, I love yeah, that name. Yeah, yeah. And it was in um, in a pub there. I forget what the pub was called. Oh, The Fiddler. Yeah. And it was a little pub gig. I don't know. You might know um, Spring Day. Yes, of course. Spring Day was there. There was a comedian called Cloudy um, Cloudy Bongwater. Right. right. <laughs> he was a character. He cool. uh, he, he he was a, a genuine nutter. Right. He um like he he had like this dyed blonde hair. He always used to wear sunglasses. Yeah. I don't know. I never seen him without sunglasses. <laughs> he was about sixty when I knew him. Right. And he and he used to walk around Tokyo carrying his Hoover. Okay. No, no, not carrying it, dragging it along with him. Yeah. And, and and he used to talk to it like it was an actual you know a pet. Uh, a being and uh yeah and he used to get he used to make sure he had a, a space for it a seat for it on the tube okay. and everything like that and he was just a real eccentric he was very funny though mm-hmm. it was like um and, and spring was there and a guy called kevin cooney he was right. a good comic and dave gutteridge a, a canadian who used to MC a lot of these gigs and run mm-hmm. them outside of he he run like about a handful of gigs in pubs outside of Tokyo Comedy mm. Store. Because I think he used to do the Tokyo Comedy Store stuff, but they didn't fall out, but they just went separate ways right. and did, did different stuff. And it was it was all right. Mm. It was fine. I got enough laughs to carry on. Great. So uh, That's good, man. Yeah, it was it was nice. It was in English, and, and I think most of the audience were expats. Great. And you're like, when people ask, did your stuff work in to- Tokyo? Well, most of them are English-speaking anyway, isn't it, on these places? Uh, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a different dynamic, though. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you can't have your routine sort of too rooted in... Weatherspoons. In, 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 <laughs> yeah, well, any British uh, reference points. We we actually used to do... Did you ever do... I don't know if you were, uh, you'd start... I don't think you'd started then, mm. um, but there was a gig Bobby Carroll used to run in, in, oh, the, yeah. in Kensington, Yes. called the build, Builder's Arms. Right. Did you ever do that upstairs. one? Upstairs. Like, yeah. Yeah, upstairs. Yeah, yeah, I did that one. Yeah, that's a little corner gr- corner green room by the stairs at the back. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's a weird that, gig, wasn't it? It was, a, it was nice. It was nice. But yeah, it was, was nice. But there was downstairs. It was filled with like really like young kind of hip people, yeah. office people. And upstairs, there was none of those people. There were none of those people. It was a complete different dynamic yeah, what it was is there's, there was an american university uh kind of college but right. right next door and all of the students used to come over mm. so it was like suddenly you've been you were in kensington mm. downstairs but when you went upstairs to do the gig you were transported to the states yeah. and you had to be careful about every single reference oh, point yeah. and it was it was wonderful because it was almost <laughs> as if you, you you just got to do an American gig yeah. uh, on a Monday night. I, I love that gig. But yeah, yeah, that, that was the thing in, mm. in, um, in Tokyo. Of course, it was, you know, a lot of Australians, Canadians, Americans in the expat audiences. So I had to be quite careful there. Yeah, of course. But it was weird. Everyone had a common connection with Japan because yeah. they were living over there. So I, I used to Great. do a lot of stuff about the Japanese language oh, or, nice. um, you know, uh, learning the language and, and being, a, a, you know, like everyone, everyone does their act about being a foreigner in Japan. Yeah, of course. So it's like that. And then, then you bring the, that stuff over to uh, the UK and you realise no one gives a <laughs> fuck. <laughs> <laughs> just, and they just hate you for the fact you've actually been outside the country, isn't it? Like, oh, you, oh, you, yeah, went, yeah, yeah. you went and lived your life. Oh, that's nice. Great. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. Making me laugh. Uh, so, yeah, fuck oh, off, mate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was your first gig. Your first joke yep. that you wrote was about, was that about just the Japanese culture or what was the first joke or ever? Oh, I think it was about, it's not going to sound funny, oh, now, but uh, I'm not telling you the joke, but it was ah. something, it was something about the long winded nature of Japanese language. Yeah. And, um, and my, um, me being massively impatient and wanting to get to the point because they, <laughs> they, they're very polite, the Japanese, mm. and they've got the uh, like different 
levels of formality. Yeah. So I used to play around with their sentence structure a lot and do translations mm. and kind of take the piss out of how long things took, but also take the piss out of myself using overly formal Japanese yeah. in, in situations that didn't require it. Because right. you, you get taught the formal stuff first. They yeah. don't teach you the slang stuff or, or how anyone normally speaks. So yeah. I'd make fun out of... It was, yeah, it was very language-based. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really... I really I, I like... I still, I still got part of me likes jokes about about language, kind of um, just around grammar and yeah. stuff, and and just being. I, I don't take an overly pedantic angle, but I still, I find I find the kind of minute detail of, of sentence structure and stuff really, really quite amusing. Yeah, um, it's like, like you're you're like you're traveling through Japan with the the formal structure of their language, and you're speaking like for, for in comparison. Uh, yeah. like a Victorian gentleman. Exactly. Yes. exactly. <laughs> yeah. kind of like, what is wrong with you? You know, that's, exactly. that's so funny. That's great. It's humor there. So did, I actually died on my ass in Japanese once. Oh. I, I've had two gigs that I did entirely in Japanese, in, mm. in, wow. in the Japanese language. One was a, a competition, a comedy competition. Mm. It was called Freestyle, so you could go and do any style. Um, mm. I don't know if you know how much you know about Japanese comedy, but most co comedy is very stylized there's a set format for mm, it mm. and it normally comes in the form of a double act yeah and they they're normally fundamentally ridiculous like yeah. it's i'm very dry so whenever i used to watch japanese like comedy on television i would be absolutely fucking furious like it would infuriate me that you know there'd be someone yeah. dressed dressed up as a chicken yeah. and yeah. He, his partner every so often when he when he made a joke would slap each other on the head yeah. and stuff quite a lot and and it's, it's very very where's well, the art where the fuck is the art well, in this? That's the thing. There, there is a there's obviously very like a very old tradition yeah. that has been developed over the years and, mm -hmm. and of course it objectively these these people must be very talented and very yeah, funny yeah, yeah. but i i never gave it a chance because <laughs> and, until more recently i i've been extremely judgmental about and and closed-minded about about the, the kind of things that I, i'm prepared to find yeah, funny i totally understand and, that you know like you know up until recently the second someone would get up on stage with a guitar i'd be like fuck off yeah like yeah um, ukulele no get no, the fuck, fuck out of you. here yeah yeah, yeah. you're cheating uh, get your fucking yeah. cheating stand there with a mic naked that's it Not exactly naked, but, you know, with your words yeah, yeah that's it all you got that's all you got buddy yeah. just you and the mic your voice that's all you got and your physicality maybe wake, yeah. make a weird angle with your arm that's all you got you can fucking do that it's allowed yeah. none, of, none of this uh, no mime no mime though act out it's allowed no mime not allowed um, but so, yeah, uh, so, yeah so that's how I was and nice, um, nice. Uh, and, and I sort of quite arrogant 10 years ago as well I felt as if I was some sort of pioneer pioneer of normal stuff stand up going into this competition Great. and um of course i just the, the entire audience was japanese and people in front of me were like wearing silly wigs and and you know all sorts and yeah. you know i think i think the, actually the the act in front of me had a wig and a a, a water pistol oh and um <laughs> Yeah. And, and I'm sure there was a partner as well. It would have been. Uh, oh. there, I think there was a chicken costume. Oh God! Um, yeah. And you know, I was just like, "Oh, look at you, pricks! You're yeah. you're about to see how how comedy really works here." Yeah, I could drop some I, truths, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> this uh, this is just going to be mind blowing for yeah, everyone. Nice. And I walked out, and of course, just oh. instantly died on my ass because people were just like, "What? 
what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. The same, there appears to be a man on stage who firstly isn't Japanese mm. and secondly doesn't have any sort of costume yeah. and is just saying words into a microphone. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. And they were like, what? Yeah, <laughs> just... that's it. Oh, man. And no. yeah, I just I just badly dies on my ass. But then I, I, did, I did another one, which was part of it was a Japanese comedy thing, but it was part of Tokyo Comedy Store or that group, Dave Gutteridge's mm. gigs. And it was for the audience that normally goes to those gigs and listen in English. Mm. But we said it was Japanese. There were some expats there, obviously, who, you know, for, for them, Japanese wasn't their first language. But mm. they also brought along a lot of Japanese people who had probably, you know, they'd gone away and seen stand up like over in the States or whatever mm. and come back who had a sort of interest in stand up. So there's not a lot of those people out there. But, you know, there's a few Japanese people that have kind of been educated in US universities and come back and really enjoy the hmm. you know, stand-up. It's not completely unfamiliar to them. That went well. That that was really nice. good. Nice. I enjoyed that one, so pulled yeah. it back. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Save the self-esteem, man. That's what Got it's about. Got back on the horse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, um, we talked about the beginning where that Bromley gig, right? Is that the worst gig you've ever performed at? Yeah. yeah. There have been a few where... See, when you start out, you sort of... I mean, obviously, you, you aim to develop the kind of skills that I, I mentioned Zoe mm, having. Mm. Um, so you can take a gig like that and turn it around. And, and of course, over the years, you, you you do pick up more and more of those skills. Mm. Once in a while, you get caught out and then you learn from it. And, but there are some, some gigs nowadays. I, I think over the last few years, the gigs that have been really bad for me mm. haven't been my fault at all. They're just shit gigs, and yeah. I, I don't feel bad about that. And at least I find it funny. Yeah. Like if. Yeah, good story. If, yeah, it's just a good story. And actually, yeah. I find something intrinsically hilarious yeah. about a group of people staring at me. Yeah. I, I just, and it really amuses me. And I, I enjoy that personally more than doing well. <laughs> book me please book me (laughs) (laughs) because i i think i I know it sounds you're such a masochist man you're such a masochist i fucking am i I am i think it's because i almost i have an out-of-body experience Mm. where i'm almost in the mind of a mate or someone at the back of the room watching my pain yeah but I also I also have the added benefit of seeing them from the front and they're just Great. they're sheer bemusement. Yeah. And it just it just makes me really enjoy myself. Yeah, and it, yeah, just just I I just don't I don't get <laughs> flustered anymore. I'm just like if anything, I I'm just just oh, I love yeah, it. it. Yeah, uh, it. I, I mean I don't do it I don't do it, you know, out of out of choice. But no. if uh, if it happens, then yeah, fuck it. Yeah. That's it. You've done your best. You're enjoying done, it. You've done your time, mate. That's funny. You were shortlisted for the Malcolm Hardy cunning stunt. What was the cunning stunt? Oh yeah, yeah. So that was I'd forgotten about that. So I went up to I went up to Edinburgh in might have been seventeen. Mm-hmm. Basically, I, I had a really good room for one of the gigs that I was doing, which was like a I called it the Ultimate Comedy Championship. Did you do it? No. No. Oh damn. Ultimate, com- ultimate Comedy. I maybe no. I don't think I did. Uh it was a basically it was based on on the UFC, which I, I quite oh, enjoy yeah, watching. No. Um, and it was the Ultimate Comedy Championship. It was in uh, Three Sisters, yeah. and it was absolutely rammed every night. And mm. we used to obviously use all of the UFC fighting music, like people who come on to Rocky, like fighting tracks. They yeah. all had to have a, a fighting name as well. So yeah. like, you know, 
Jenny from the flock uh, Collier or, or whatever. Yeah, or, yeah. Uh, it was great fun. Mm-hmm. And we, we kind of talk about their stats beforehand, you know, how many wins and losses they'd had recently. Yeah. Alex Hilton was a great sort of uh, commentator on it all. And yeah. um, uh, we'd get people uh, to be security or refs great. or judges. The audience would vote on who goes through to the next round. I mean, it was it was it was it really worked. It was just absolutely brilliant. But mm. then on the other hand, my show, which was a, a show about my abject fear of dancing, which is very true, mm. um, it was a bit further out, over near the pear tree. I can't right. remember what the room was called, but it's yeah. a bit further down down the road from there. And it was mm. a room above a pub, part of the free festival, and the room wasn't terrible. Mm. It had it had a few problems in that people would have to come in, like the toilets were upstairs, so people yeah. would actually have to come into the room to go to the toilet, yeah. the, the women's toilets. And then, <sighs> like, you know, it was a storytelling show which kind of was supposed to come to a bit of a climax at the end. Yeah. And, you know, one out of three <laughs> gigs, someone would just go, oh, sorry, is this the, the ladies' <laughs> toilets in here? And and then yeah. they, they'd sort of bang the door as I was sort of trying to reach this mm. climactic bit of my show. And then someone else would come through and just go, Oh, yeah, is this the toilet? And they both go through, turn out to be their mate, and you'd hear them having a conversation in the toilet and, like, the hairdryer and everything like that. But that wasn't the biggest problem. The biggest problem was actually getting people into the the venue in the first place. So, you know, that's that's everyone's problem Mm. in Edinburgh. But it's a bigger problem if if you can't just, you know, bring people straight in off of a busy street. So it's it's a bit too long a walk. So I was like, I had to find a way of getting people in. And I was like, okay, so... I want to be able to fly people, but I'm mm. not really, I can't really. I'm standing around all of these paid venues and the people that I want to get to my gigs are the people that are inside because it's, it's a surefire way of finding uh, someone knows comedy if they're sitting around in the Pleasance mm. looking for comedy and stuff. I was like, fuck it, I'm going to order a security jacket online and just mm. pretend I'm a security guard. Basically stand on the door of these venues yeah. or inside. Basically um, let people in. Or, or, or maybe even just uh, have a little look in their bags and pop a flyer into their bag. Yeah, nice. Great. <laughs> and uh, so, so I just started doing that, and it, it just escalated really to the point where I was sort of a regular face. Great. Like I, I was on, I was on the same doors at the same time. Every like, even the even the people on security didn't really ever ever challenge me. Brilliant. Like they would just, uh, they would just be like, "All right," I'd be like, "All right," and yeah. I'd stand, I'd stand on the. Um, Underbelly, up in, up near the Gilded Balloon. Yeah. Um, that that one, I'd stand on that door before my gig. Brilliant. Then I'd um, then I'd be on the door of the Monkey Barrel. Oh yeah, yeah. That was fantastic. And in the end, mm. all of their staffs just thought I worked there. Brilliant. And they, the thing was, because I, I, I'd go there after my gig, I'd I, I drink. Mm-hmm. So they obviously thought I was drinking on duty, but no one said anything. And, <laughs> and they, they gave me discount on beer, because like staff discount as Brilliant. well. And, and But I, I would just stand there on the, on, on the door as people were going out, and they'd just say, keep it down, please, ladies and gentlemen, we've got neighbours, yeah. and, and all of that. And just, yeah, I, I got asked <laughs> to, to remove someone at one point, because he was smoking a joint downstairs, oh. like on the stairway. Great. Great. So I did. <laughs> oh, great. I just went, come on, mate, you're gonna have to fuck off with yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. Just properly got into the uh, got into the yeah. character. Nice. It was it was so much fun. But right. I, I think I got a few people in from it, but I think the major thing was it cheered me up. Just to go because my, my gig, I really enjoyed doing it. When I had decent amount numbers of people in, it went well and it was it was so much fun to do. Mm. But it really I found myself getting very, very fucked off with inadequate venues. Yeah. And I think because I've been doing it a few years and I feel as if I've 
I might be wrong, but I feel as if I done my hard gigs mm. and I've done I've done the shitty rooms mm. and you know it, you know when you do two handers or three yeah. handers or whatever. Mm. I want to, oh, oh, yeah, I have, and I want to. Even if it costs me money now, um, I, I want to go and do a room where I don't have someone walking through to go to the toilet. Mm. Uh, that's fair. That, no, that's not is that too, too much, much to ask. No, no, <laughs> I think that's fair. I think that's definitely fair, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, just interrupting your final bit when it just the, the show comes to a climax. You run just all people go sit down here. It takes away all your the showbiz element of your entire effort. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's no good. No, no. It does. No. So I'm I'm gonna like, and I found myself getting increasingly annoyed. Like also with with free gigs, you obviously get people coming in and drunk and and yeah. not giving shits because they haven't invested in a ticket as well. So I had a couple of um, you know moments where I, I think I just disproportionately exploded yeah. <laughs> uh, people being drunk twats <laughs> in the front row just just like without without even, you know not not being funny about yeah, it or anything yeah. like that. they just went <laughs> right cunt fuck off yeah. and just 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 screaming at people to yeah. get out of the room and it's very very hard to very hard to pull the you know approachable persona back from yeah. that the, the, the hey guys <laughs> sorry about that it's not who I really am it's not who I really am <laughs> it's just like this you know it just gotta be said sometimes you know that's it when the audience are totally with you at all you know that's great oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. oh man that's tough that's tough but like yeah. so okay right. uh, I, I want a question to ask you right did you do the martial arts when you're in uh, Tokyo I did a little bit I um well for a couple of years weirdly I, I mean I went to to Japan and at that point I became um quite interested in MMA because I think mm. the UFC had had started just just before that and I'd always been interested in, in martial arts because I come from a martial arts family really right. what's um, the style so my mm. dad and my uncles are all um judo black belts wow. and um they my my granddad was a a second dan but then then my dad was the only person who just did judo he um uncle jeff and uncle pete they went on to do um kendo in which mm. they've got black belts and um kudo as well you know japanese archery right wow so they've got a huge connection with japan as well but yeah. i've always been utterly disappointed with them doing the least useful uh <laughs> martial art other than judo of course judo yeah. judo's judo's pretty ha uh, useful yeah. but but fucking you know, archery horseback archery, archery and yeah. playing around with bamboo sticks oh, well, isn't, yeah, yeah. Isn't... <laughs> just a second let me go home get my stick you'll be sorry but my uncle jeff he's he's something like um we the brothers don't really get on, so no. I don't have that much contact with him. But he he was a British kendo captain for years. I think he still is, right. and he's something like seventh down, like in in the world. He's yeah. like one of one of the, you know, greatest um, kendokas, probably yeah. it's called. And uh, yeah. yeah, I just fucking useless yeah. skill to have. He may as well have just. <laughs> He'd be, be more useful to be good at pool. It's, it's like, I mean, this is going to be so really shit and I hope I never meet this guy. But I'll be like, look, you, you're like basically a seventh Dan Morris dancer in this country, aren't you? That's all you're oh oh hey on oh just oh sorry wait a minute wait a minute just you need to get you need to hold a stick they just they'll put they'll, yeah. stop <laughs> stop punching me pick this stick up and i will fuck you up that's what it is <laughs> like oh man <laughs> that's so yeah. funny so yes i did but um but what i went over and i just I done I done a few things. I've been very sporadic. I've never really stuck to martial art. So yeah. I've 
you know dipped in and out of things over the years and at that point it was it was brazilian jiu-jitsu oh, right, cool. taken off at that point so mm. i went and i trained at um axis jiu-jitsu with mm. a, a guy who who um tell me if i get boring no um, i'm interested man uh yeah he he trained with hicks and gracie for a very long time wow hicks is obviously one of the one yeah. of the great gracies yeah um said about really popularizing it yep. and um he he refused to take it was a brown belt mm. a very very good brown belt with mm. 20 it was back in the, there's a lot more brazilian jiu-jitsu black belts nowadays than there used to be you, you can get mm. one after you know if you really apply yourself after about you know six years nowadays nice. back then there was only a handful in the in the world so it was yeah. a big deal and, and he wouldn't take a, a black belt off of anyone other than Hickson because Hickson was, yeah. was very loyal to Hickson. He wanted to be the Hickson Gracie name. Yeah. And then whenever we, you, well, not whenever we used to train, but sometimes when we used to train, the guys who would be fighting in Pride, mm. which was the obviously the Japanese version mm. of UFC, mm. the MMA competition um, that they used to have, anyone from Brazil who came over to, to train, in Tokyo before competing in Pride, because mm. well, obviously they, they come over for a few days beforehand and acclimatize themselves and get over the jet lag or whatever mm. and and train. Like the Nogueras, don't know if you're aware of the Nogueira brothers yeah. or um, Mario Sperry, mm. the Graces themselves, well, yeah. you'd see, see Hoyce. Um, I never saw Hickson, we saw Hoyce. Mm. They come down and train and wow. uh, we, we get to roll with them as well. Cool. Yeah, um, big, big Nog, big Nogueira. He, yeah. uh, he tapped me out in about 15 seconds. <laughs> yeah. It was probably the most humiliating experience of my life other than the Bromley gig. Oh, uh, uh, no, but like, come on, like, you know, the experience. I mean, how you, oh, like, yeah. I mean, like, that's, 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 that, that 15 seconds is like completing the gong show at this comedy store, isn't it? You know, in, <laughs> yeah. in comparison, you know, it's like, look, I mean, 50, I mean, he didn't do it in three seconds. He could have done it in three seconds, but, you know, it was like 15 seconds, you know, before all this lockdown stuff, did you still train? Um, again, on and off, I've never been good at sticking to anything. So I, I in fact, about three years, I, I trained um, Muay Thai in, in various ways. I trained, I trained at Diesel Gym right. and um, in London, which is a very good MMA gym, but, yeah. but very good on striking. Great. And then I, I went and trained with a girl who is the, um, I think she's now the European, she, actually she was the European kickboxing champion. Wow. Sarah Warsfold, she was good. She does PTs. Cool. So she she's got a little a massive double garage all kitted out Brilliant. with punch bags and everything like that. So I trained with her up until the end of lockdown and oh. I was really enjoying it. But well, I, I just dabble with these things. I don't take them very seriously. Mm. I just do it to keep fit, really. Yeah, but I'm going to go. Do you do anything? Uh, I used to, I did uh, 10 years of shotgun um, and I got to my first. Oh, dan did you? Oh, amazing. I, but I loved it, man. I just, I love, I'm, I'm, I want to get my second dan, but um, it's just, I need to do, put the two two years or so, tr maybe three years, maybe four years at this stage training. When did, when did you last train? Oh God, I last trained. It was, it was a while ago, a good while ago. But I mean, I do still keep fit and I've got a punch bag in my, in my, in my garage and stuff. And I'd kind of do bits and, and bobs and like that. Do you keep fit by doing you know, karate on yeah, on striking on and it and stuff. Yeah, all that kind of st thing. But like you know, still mostly flexible. Uh, I can do the split, front splits, side splits. I got about two hands um, to get down to that level. But I'm, I, 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 I want to make you know, you have like these ideas, like a dream cycle, especially with your, with, if that the martial arts is in your your family, your culture. You know, you want to go to where it began. And I was like, right, okay, I want to go to to like China to kind of like study, uh, you know, where martial arts kind of I guess I guess originated yeah, originally. Yeah. 
about 20, 29. I said, right, I'm going to go to China because I want to see the origin of everything. I went to, I looked up the Shaolin Temple and I was like, man, these guys sleep Did on concrete. Did you con- do it? I, I went, I went, but I didn't go to the temple because I think those guys sleep on concrete. And I was like, <laughs> you know, I want to do this authentically, but also I don't, I, mean, I know that before I go out, if I injure myself, I won't be able to rest on a concrete floor. Do you know what I mean? And, and fully enjoy the experience. Me and, and so. my mate always fantasized about that. Yeah, mm. I love it. Uh, there were a lot of Shaolin Temple-based mm. films in the nineties, yeah. weren't yeah. there? Where you just sort of you have to walk up thousands of stairs carrying buckets of water right. and yeah. all of that stuff. And ah, oh, yeah, it would have been. I, I'd have. Should we do it? It was amazing. It was amazing. I mean, I did, I did go. I went to the. Oh, you, I, I oh, went so to the, the second level. I went to the second the, the, in the Kunushu Mountains in Yantai, yeah. and uh, I went for like three months. And I was like, right, okay. Um, oh, and it was ama- I was the fittest I've ever been, man. And I was like, right. And you, know, you just reach a stage when you know in your fitness, and you're like, I don't need anything else apart from training. That's it. I just don't. Yeah. Need and that it was that was where I was at. I was like, I could do this forever, but like it was wonderful. I was like, but it was it it was like for for that time it was about maybe fifteen hundred quid for those three months. And it was just like, but that was everything, including my food and everything, you know? So it was like... Did, what, did, were you, were they, did they control what you ate? Oh yeah, they controlled everything. What I ate, um, what time I got up, um, like, you know, like, you know, well, I mean, you... Did got, you have you, enough to eat? Oh yeah, loads, man. Plenty, plenty. There's, what, what was it? Was that it right, was, just, it, just rice? It was just like rice and cook, we'd have like uh, uh, steamed dumplings and stuff, you know, steamed buns and stuff and, they, and, and like eggs good. for breakfast. Oh, man, honestly, I came back, I was ripped. It was just ridiculous. Like, and you talk about going oh, up, running wow. up the mountain, we'd run up the mountain and there was, uh, went up to run up to the, the mountain at the, the very top and then run back down again. And I did it eight times and I did it, I was just loving the training and the uh, the senses, yeah. have you finished already? He said, do it again four more times. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, so it was brilliant, man. I loved it. And oh, I just trained so hard, man. I, were I, they nice or were they like brutal bullies? Do you know what, right? They were, because I, I was like, before I went out, I said, like, okay, I'm going to train. I'm going to, I'm actually get the splits down before I went out because I was training hard in the gym and stuff. But it doesn't prepare you for the like eight hours of training you're going to have. You know no, what I mean? It's like, because no. you're like, you, you go to the gym for three hours. That's fine. That's done. You can have a rest, but you doesn't, the constant. So, but before I went out, I was like, I made sure that got splits down because I didn't want to go out there and then to break my legs. Cause they did, they were pushing you down, you know, just like make sure you to get into it. So I could do the yeah. splits, uh, before I went out. But when I, after the first week of training, my legs were so tired and the end of that week they were sparring. So I was like, oh, okay. Right. Um, and then after like not being conditioned for that, length of time training each day they spar properly yeah they, they yeah everyone went for it i got sparked out twice mate i was just like <laughs> i was like, like it was um it was great it was really great and I, but i was like right there was up against i was up against like a couple of other international people like and i was like this guy from london and uh so i was like me and him were at like went at it he was a boxer footwork was amazing yeah. i was like he yeah. was just he was so quick and he was like uh, so i was like right the only way i can take this guy down is if i kick him you know, you know? Yeah. So i just keep him away legs length and my like i'm like i'm I'm quick on my legs, but because of all the training, I was so slow, man. I was like, like my, I was oh, so stiff. Aching. Yeah, yeah, man. I was like, <laughs> and I was like, I did a, you know, a dummy, and then just, and then a, a, a roundhouse, and it would just, and it just tapped his chest. I was going for his head, and I was like, <laughs> I am fucked now. And then he just sparked me out, mate, Spanked twice. That's it. But I, I got up, I got up, man. I kept going, I kept trying, mate. That's what it was all about, you know. It was so fun, man. It was but, so, so fun. Did you learn any crazy animal forms? No, or dr- no, I did Monkey stuff. No, or... I didn't have long enough because I was only there for three yeah. months so I was like look uh, like because if I went to deep onto like you know uh, there was one was called Mantis style some of these guys were doing yeah. uh, eagle style um, like white crane and like some were doing staff and I was like I, they were there for some of them were the people that were there for a year 
you know? Yeah. Um, and so I was like, I don't have time. I thought just do Wing Chun and just like, you know, yeah. and like pick it up like that and just kind of get quick and just kind of, and it was that, different. Did, did that complement your uh, Shotokan? Uh, the flow, of course. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Especially the way I was taught in in, uh, in Ireland, it was just like, you know, it's all very tense and kind of power. I imagine you had like a a teacher a bit like Pai Mei in, um, <laughs> what is it, Killing Bo- Kill Bill 2? Yeah. Just just with a very, was there anyone with a very long white no, chi- I, Chinese beard? Unfortunately not. I was gutted about that. There was no one, uh, like, they were just like little dudes who were just like badass, you know, and they were just like, and yeah. they, they were just incredible. These little dudes are brilliant. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, are great. you watching Cobra Kai? I, I love it. It's brilliant. It's love fucking it. amazing, isn't oh, it? It's like, I, I hated the first four episodes and I was like, God, this really? is terrible. And then I was like, then we, I came back to it and I was like, oh, no, actually, I love this. Why, um, why did you hate it? Oh, just, I found that like the fight scenes in it were just so terrible. Like the actual story arcs really kind of kept me hooked after that. I was like, no, actually we'll give it another chance and then got back into it. Just wonderfully, just just funny with you know the the kind of the way they they uh, pit the generations against one another with mm. the kind of the woke versus the old school sort of testosterone fueled Johnny comic genius. I yeah. think is such a good actor. I really hate guy owns the car dealership. Daniel Larusso. Yeah, Larusso. I hate Larusso. God, oh, I hate him. God, yeah, I hate him. He's I, just I, he's so such cheesy a, and oh, slimy, isn't he? Yeah. God, yeah. But the other guy, like, come on, the underdog, all the way, man. That's what it is. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but um, quite intentionally so. It's a wonderful twist just to make Johnny the underdog. It's turn on its br- head. Brilliant writing. That's yeah. it. When going on stage then, really, some people have models when they go on stage of what kind of performer they are or they do comedy like it's some sort of job or they could be a mythical creature or something like that you know when you go on stage or at the beginning did you see yourself as any creature being profession as any kind of creature oh it could be it could be anything man it could be like you know like it just it just i say it's wide open this question take your time it's a difficult question this when I when I first went on stage initially, oh, in you my can comedy career, you can you now. can you can have it now as a solidified uh, state or model. I I don't now, but I, I mean I I think I'll take this question as as one about influences. Uh, okay. if that's all right, yeah. The clear influence, which I don't hopefully you won't see at all now, hmm. or when you've seen me over the last few years. Hmm. But my my initial the person I was copying was Jimmy Carr, right. And I was so shit. Mm. I was just, you know, like, mm. I mean, I had my moments where I was, I was funny, and 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 you know, I could could write some jokes mm. that, that got laughs. And I was probably best when I forgot about Jimmy Carvel. There was, a, you know, a few gags in there that were clearly influenced by him, but didn't suit my persona, mm. and were just probably too brutal. And I, I just didn't know how to do it. And it was, it was just terrible. Just becoming yourself on stage is, yeah. you know, takes some time, doesn't it? For sure, man. And, uh, you know, and it's, it's probably an ongoing process as well. And, and that self that you're trying to trying to be on stage, it, it changes. So you have to make sure you're not, you know, talking as an older self because yeah. you haven't changed your act or, <laughs> yeah. you know, so it has to be the up-to-date current you. And otherwise people will, will detect some sort of, uh, you know, in inauthenticity yeah. you know, about what you do. Yeah, if you said a beast, probably just a tiger. Right, nice, nice. A white tiger. <laughs> no, it's like you know, <laughs> when you have, you know, when you're when you're like talking about like the how you know you you do certain things that don't fit your older persona, right? Mm. And you don't want to have to go up there with like a the kind of like oh man, you know, like when you're in your in your like maybe mid 
30s or something god i'm so old now <laughs> you, know, you know you're just like you know and like you know when you're playing to like people who are just retired you're like oh fuck off mate you know what you know what i mean i'm like fucking 65 or whatever it is you know sometimes yeah, you, you yeah. I, I, that. I hear that a lot you know when people just say yeah the, the, there's so many people that just have irritating things like that say yeah. particularly yeah very young acts yeah. wishing their youth away just for something to say isn't it it's like oh god i wish i was old you will be don't worry mate just hang on just hold on to your fucking youth and talk about something that's relevant to you or trying to tell people how to think and what your philosophy of life is when mm. you're 19 yeah great so funny so, yeah, you've only been paying tax for a year. Yeah, if that, yeah, that's right. Off, mate. That's it. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard though because you, there are certain jokes, you know, that you or routines that you, you know, maybe about a different time in your life, and like, oh, how do I update this so I could still <laughs> yeah. somehow tenuously hold on to this thing? Yeah. And of course, if you do, it just won't be funny anyway. Because totally. you know, the reason it was funny is because it fitted. How many shows you're in? Uh, only two. And have you got another one in the pipeline? Well, over the over the last year, I haven't really done anything comedy related. I I, I think um, most of my my the last year I've been learning how to make cabinets. It's been ages. Like I, I've been living with my parents, living with Emma and stuff. And mm. over the years, over about five years, we've rented the combination. But finally, seeing as I've now got a job, mm. I've had to get one because of lockdown and everything. But you know, the plus side of that is that I've got a regular income, so Great. I managed to get a little mortgage on a a very fucked up old flat but it's lovely it's georgian and nice. you know my dad's a builder me and i always used to work with my dad as a yeah. kid and everything i've spoken about that on stage a lot yeah. and so we yeah the team got back together and we did some building and i've never really i've never really tried to be good with carpentry or anything mm. like that fuck it mainly because i think emma thought i couldn't do it <laughs> yeah she was like well, yeah why don't we just get someone professional in to do it and mm. i was like that's my backup. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. I, I'm watching every YouTube video until I can do this. And uh, to be fair, like we all mucked in and it, Emma did a load of work as well. And we completely converted this Georgian flat and restored a lot of, of stuff. And yeah. it looks absolutely lovely now. Oh, brilliant, and it was just a great six months where I got to, to work with my dad, who's in his 70s. Oh, yeah. He's probably fitter than me. Yeah. He just runs up and down the stairs because first floor flat with bags of plaster and stuff. He's he's just I think I think he's that fit because he he never stops. Yeah, he just keeps on like he, he never stops working on Great. his own house or, yeah. or in the garden or whatever. But yeah, what that meant was that I haven't really done any stand up for the whole of a lockdown. Yeah, but I, I went out for a walk. I was quite depressed yesterday because oh. I'm, I'm I'm two weeks into not drinking and it, it was oh. Friday and I was like, oh, I could really do with a fucking beer. Yeah want a beer and then emma emma had two beers and i was seething i was just like oh fuck <laughs> you just sit, sitting there with a nice pub, which i went and bought from the com oh, from the from the shop for mm -hmm. her so i was just i was like i can't i can't yeah. i'm too angry to sit yeah. here watching her drink <laughs> so i was like all right I, I've, got, I've got to go out for a walk and I, I went out for a long walk put music on my headphones and i was like ah oh, i think i'm a bit depressed because when mm. you when you don't sort of, you know, numb numb the pain and the boredom with, yeah. you know, substances and, yeah. you know, just watching watching telly all the time, stuff like that, you start to think, okay, what am I going to do next? Mm. And, uh, yeah, I just I just wrote down the things that I want to do. I want to do Great. the Ultimate Comedy Championship on the biggest scale. Cool. Um, I've got a whole list of notes on... I came back and I was like full of full of ideas and optimism. I want to I want to start writing idea for a kids book that I want to just try. Great. Just so it doesn't matter if it doesn't work out. I mean, I'll just make yeah. 
make our kids listen to it and that's read it. it. You know, that's and, it. Punish them. Yeah, they, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. I, I want to read this other book. I want, <laughs> no, you're fucking reading this book. God damn it. We're reading this one again until you and, can read <laughs> And you're going to tell everyone how brilliant it is. <laughs> totally. Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, so I've got great. so many things I want to I, I want to do that include great. writing. I've got jujitsu on there. I'm going to go back great. to jujitsu down in Hastings. Muay Thai, a bit of striking. Try and, mm-hmm. try and do that. And then some kind of show. But I just... I think I lost my excitement because it's, it's such a vague possibility to do mm, stand up. Yeah. I've never got into the online stuff. I don't do Zoom gigs or anything. Yeah. Maybe I should. Do you? Yeah. I've tried. I tried a couple of Zoom gigs, man. I've got one in February on February the fourteenth, which my wife is kind of going, "What the fuck are you doing on the fourth? It's only twenty minutes. It's twenty minutes. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be in the. I'm gonna be in the room next door. I'll be uh, back. You're in- out of order, mate. I know. Yeah, I'm a fucking arsehole. That's what it is. Um. So, but you know. Uh. But hey, look. There's been many times when I haven't been there for other things too. You know what I mean? So it's like. But at least I'm next mm. door. I'm not driving home just like exhausted. You know. But I guess the rest of the Valentine's night, I'm like, oh, you know, I had a really good gig. It was great. I just enjoyed it. You know. The, the, <laughs> but at least it'll be a shorter conversation. It won't be anything on the road. Um, but um, cool. yeah, so yeah, that's what I've been doing a couple. So yeah, they're all right. But um, that's quite a few things to do, man. That's, I understand where you come from, man. It's like, yeah, I, I won't do any site. of them. <laughs> it's good to have them on the wall so they judge you yeah. it's like you know you know, no, one's, no one needs to feel good all the time there you go just have them have the list <laughs> photocopy it around the place you know wherever you fucking sit down that you can relax just if you're gonna fail it's nice to have kind of very very clearly defined failures yeah damn right that's Things it that you clearly haven't done yeah it's, it's good because like you know at the end of the day you know there's a, whenever you die uh, this is very morbid into the podcast <laughs> <laughs> we're wrapping it up um, we're wrapping it up on in a, a morbid. very morbid way yeah so you know I mean what, wait, why not what <laughs> If you can't finish a podcast with a conversation about dying, I mean, yeah, when can you do that? This is so, true. It's just basically, perfect. I should start, this could be a, like a, a preview to my fringe show when someone like dies at the end or some morbid, horrible thing happens at the end, or I'm hoping for that. So, so my show sells out and becomes like best show of Edinburgh. Uh, so best podcast, <laughs> best Edinburgh <laughs> podcast. That's what I'm going for. Well, I thought about this, right? When the, in the, the when they had the lockdown one, there was a few cinemas open and it was my birthday. So we went out and we went out for the, uh, to, to watch something at the cinema. There's like, a, I don't know if you know this, backyard mm. the backyard cinema is the secret cinema thing in i think it's in wandsworth and uh, okay. i went to see that it's fucking amazing man really really good had a really good ah. time the um the honest burger there and it was great lad. had other nice. food i had a, had a drink and do you know what? you know sit there and i was like it was really quiet everyone's enjoying it, it socially distanced great whatever and everyone's just on couches and just not talking and you know sometimes you go to cinema you're just feeling like you're just gonna shit, tell someone shut the fuck up any minute you know just go yeah and i didn't feel that it was great. I was like, oh, we're just chilling. Then I went with my daughter and I was like, okay, cool. We're just having a good time. Just needed a blanket. That's all I needed, a blanket, but that was fine. And then I was sitting there going, mm. you know what? I've had a good life. If I died here watching the, after the, <laughs> after, do you know what I mean? Just, I mean, it was Bill, yeah. and, Ted, it was Bill and Ted's, uh, Bill and Ted facing music. So I was like, if I die before the film, it isn't going to make the most difference. So, no, no, no. <laughs> so I was like, I thought if I die now, it's, do you know what? I've, I've, had, a, I've, I've had a good innings. It's fine, you know? So like, that that's all it is, you know. I I don't know where that was coming from, but it's the fucking list. You'll never you'll never have have completed everything. If you die, there's always gonna be something left on your list, right? So yeah. you know that's it. So make make sure it's the thing you know you're gonna really gonna fuck up. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um uh, so like man I, I i well i wish you all the best with your new flat and everything man and, and like you know just updating it man and getting all how you like it and uh i, I hope is, to see man. you on the circuit soon man like when i went all kick likewise, warms up, likewise. Man. and yeah. Uh, yeah mate it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you for like the hour last hour and 20 man like you know it's been just great um too, so yeah um just i say um 
when all thaws, I'll get you down to the one I got in Abbots Langley and the one in... Uh, yeah, in likewise. Come over, come over and do our one. Yeah, yeah, we'll do, we'll do it. It'll be great, Lovely man. Um, so right. uh, where can we find you, Damien? Where's your, uh, like, your socials and all that stuff? So Yeah, so I'm at, at Damien Kingsley on Twitter. Um, uh, I'm on Facebook as well. Probably, yeah, I'm probably funny sometimes on Facebook. Yeah. I'm not very good on Twitter. I don't do much. I might do. I might mm. change that. I might... I might uh, start thinking about that because I don't know. Even if I say something funny on Facebook, I never think to just put it over into Twitter. Mm. I've never got used to it, but but I should. Um, yeah. So at Damien Kingsley on Twitter, Damien Kingsley on Facebook. I've got a page as well. So yeah, if, if people want to add me, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Well, Damien, thanks for your time, mate. It's been a pleasure. Cheers, mate. mate. Thank you. Nice one. And that was episode 105 with a very funny, incredibly nice guy in the circuit who collected over 20 grand for shelter, Damien Kingsley. He's on all the socials as at Damien Kingsley. If you ever see him on a bill, you will not be disappointed. He's a very funny guy. He's got some lovely callbacks. And you can follow this podcast. We're on all the socials as well. The Comedy Defect. We're on Facebook. Go like the page. Go join the group. And if you like this podcast enough and you want to donate, you can go to Patreon, type in The Comedy Defect Podcast, and you can donate as much or as little as you feel this podcast is worth. And don't worry if you can't donate, that's okay. Just tell your friends about your favourite episode, because it tells people where we are and what we're up to. I'm going to wrap this outro up. All I'm going to say is this. I know New Year's is around the corner, and I wish you a happy one. You know, it doesn't have to be better than this one. If you had a good year, great. If you didn't have a good year... Well, you got to this point. Fair play. Keep going. You know, and hopefully it just kind of evens out in the end. It does. Just takes a bit of time sometimes. But like everything, just keep moving forward. That's all I'll say to you. And uh, don't go mad in January and hurt yourself in mentally or physically. Because a lot of pressure. Just keep plodding on, lads. Just keep going. That's all I'll say. So happy new year. We'll see you in the new year for episode 106 the excellent Dave Bailey. Happy New Year, guys.